1: fact or myth in the big game the coin toss usually comes up heads that is a myth in fact tales has come up more often in recent years football is full of myths like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin gambling is a share of myths too unfortunately believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money so learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. you'll also find helpful tips interesting quizzes and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun Black, we rebuild the pack, no matter where we at, you know we coming back, Section 336, we on this, so tune in, in. you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland, you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, Birdland. now, here come the boys from Section 336.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336. Next generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your dearly stunning host, Matt Soroka, who just figured out how to turn on his mic after our 500th episode. As always, I'm joined by a guy who is in the middle of sending his highlight tapes to the Baltimore Ravens in hope of getting a position at wide receiver, the button lover, Josh Soroka.
3: Yeah, that mute button is re- that mute button's really tricky. But you're right. It's what's more evasive, the mute button to you or having a wide receiver in Baltimore? Yeah. Well,
2: in the words of uh, infamous words were Rashad Bateman, lol. Uh,
3: that was his okay. response to all the action. Okay, not the uh, Deshaun Jackson's infamous words. What, what were his words? I'm back, I'm, I'm yeah. off the couch. Yeah, yeah, he's off the couch for now,
2: over under two starts before he's uh, injured and
3: out of yeah. the game again. I don't know. Isn't this just the story of the Ravens? Is every his Raven fans? We need a wide receiver, we need a wide receiver, we need a wide receiver. We don't get a wide receiver.
2: Yeah. And then we go on the season.
3: Well, we said and we convinced ourselves that Rashad Bateman
2: could be that number one option. Yeah. And then he gets hurt and he misses, you know, a bunch of important games. And then that guy has the nerve to tweet LOL when he's the cause of the panic. of signing to Sean Jackson like no you lol yourself bud
3: you're the reason this is even happening right Right. Mr. lol exactly lol is the fact that you can't play in a game
2: yeah I mean Duvernay has stepped up and played well um, but we know that we knew this coming in that we had no it's a problem when one of your leading receivers in a game is Josh Oliver that's not how you
3: draw it up that's not what you
2: were planning for so we'll see what happens
3: right you're not going to you know you're likely not going to win if likely is on the field
2: yeah if he if he's one of your leading leading targets you know it was i was thinking about this too we'll get into the playoffs uh i will talk about kind of the orioles um re, uh, revisit some of our revolt predictions but i was thinking like this in terms of baseball like the ravens would be perfect if this was a baseball season because they could float around 500 maybe a little bit of over 500 with one glaring need, upgrade at wide receiver, you get to the trade deadline, you know, and you do what teams do in baseball in the playoff hunt, and you get the best ride right receiver on the board for some, you know, 20th and 18th ranked prospect. And all of a sudden, your one weakness becomes a strength. And this is what baseball teams do all the time. It's, and I know there's been talks about, you know, DJ Moore and other moves or the Ravens could make, but trades just don't happen in football like they like do in baseball. Um, And there's not the prospects that you can trade from and all that stuff.
3: And no, and the trades in baseball season take, make happen past the halfway point of the season. Right. And in in the football, in football, there's not enough games for an impact like that to make sense. Yeah. As well. Well, one of the things
2: I was thinking about, I always watch uh, the playoffs with an eye towards what the Orioles can take away from it. And I think it's very encouraging for the Orioles um, what, I, what I've witnessed because in the National League specifically, let's talk there for a second, um, we, 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 we've seen the top teams knocked out, the three 100-win teams in the now knocked out. But I think some people are missing the point um, because people are saying, well, you know, is this fair? Well, you know, the better team obviously lost. But what people forget is both the Phillies and the Padres Made significant upgrades at the trade deadline, and right. if you look at if you look at the, I mean, and the possibly. Padres obviously. Josh Hader, he he got all their saves in the postseason. He's a trade deadline guy. They um they obviously also got um, uh Juan Soto at the trade deadline. That's an obvious upgrade. Um, so so they made moves at the trade deadline. And the Phillies are are the same. Uh Noah Syndergaard, who pitched right in that final game, he was an upgrade. Uh, Dave Robertson, they they got for the, for the bullpen. Um, I think Marsh, they got also, who, who played re- really well in the playoffs. I think the um, Padres also got Josh Bell, if I recall correctly, uh, at the trade deadline. So all these teams made moves to upgrade at the deadline that really aren't reflected in their record. And I think that's what you have to do. You don't have to have 110 wins. What you need to do is have a good team. And then at the trade deadline... Make good moves to upgrade areas of weakness into areas
3: of strength. Right, what the Phillies did, what the Padres did, and hopefully
2: what the Orioles will do in 2023.
3: Yeah, and that's why there's a little bit of pushback of people saying, "Well, we need to figure out baseball so that the division winners have a more of an advantage because this year it did not have any advantage." Yeah, but then, but so. but again,
2: because people because because team of 100 games is the better team. But no, after the, after the trade deadline. Maybe they weren't the better team. Like maybe you should have done more at the trade deadline. Exactly. And and we saw the same thing happen last year with the Braves, right? The the Braves were almost completely different outfield um, after the trade deadline. And so it's not what you do in in, or for the course of the entire season. It's kind of where you are at the end. What upgrades have you made? How healthy you are? And then there is, there's some who gets hot, who gets lucky. Like there's some of that too, but that's part of what makes baseball exciting and great. And that's, and Michael Lyons, he talks about this all the time. He doesn't talk about winning the World Series hardly ever. He talks about increasing the opportunities to make the playoffs because he knows it's just you just get in the playoffs, and then you know you it's it's a, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. You just got but you got to get in the show. You get you you, got, you have to be in the dance. You got to get invited to, to the playoffs to kind of let the dice roll.
3: Right. Um, be in the show, get to the dance, invited. Any other cliches you want to throw out there about making it into the postseason? Well, I'm just saying if you don't get the invitation. Then you, 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 I mean, unless you to crash the party, but I don't think you can even crash the party. I don't have my playoffs button here for you yet. Do not be missing the playoffs button. Yeah. But it's been, I mean, it's been, it's been a good playoffs. I'm, um,
2: um, you know, it's kind of a little bit rooting for, I was certainly rooting for the Mets. I hate to see the Mets go down. Then no, I was kind of rooting for the the Braves a little bit just because I'm here in Georgia. Um, yeah. And that didn't work out. Um, I, I, I know everyone loves Manny. I used to really enjoy when I, Eric RDT would post all the Manny videos. It's gotten a little bit old to me. I'm kinda I'm kind of getting past Manny. I, I'm beyond past Manny.
3: I'm at the point where Manny irritates me.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not there yet, but I'm I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of in that direction.
3: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I kind of uh don't care at all right now about baseball.
2: Yeah, I've always been I mean, a press harper year. guy. I feel like Bryce Harper got a bad rap for his. I thought he's always been one of the top players in baseball, and somehow he's talked about like he's this overpaid guy who never lived up to the hype, which I think is totally false. Um, so I'm kind of, I've always been kind of a Bryce Harper guy. Um, I like Juan Soto too. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to to the series. I'm certainly rooting for the Yankees. I guess the Yankees to lose. Uh, we're <laughs> so root
3: we're time to pause. That you're rooting for the Yankees. I'm rooting for the Yankees. To lose,
2: uh, I just clarify that, and then which means I'm rooting for the Astros. I really don't want to root for the Astros. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't really like any of the teams left, but it kind of is what it is. I get, I can root against the Yankees, I guess, from here on out.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be, and it's it's root for next season. It's it's root for baseball season to end because uh, what what do I really care about right now? I care about when the when uh, free agency opens up the day after the World Series. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about Carlos Correa turning down his option. Yep, I'm excited yep. about Degrom being a free agent and just sitting there waiting, because you know phone calls are being made and conversations are being had, even though they're not they're not allowed to make any deals now. Yeah, you know the, there's some say, hey, if I call you in a couple of weeks, what would you be thinking? Type phone calls. Yeah, though I'm not
2: holding my breath because you know lately the past several off seasons these conversations have often pushed into into you know february. december and january and even yes. february yeah even in into the start of spring training
3: yeah but i so think I, we are um i don't think that's the position the orioles are in this year the orioles i don't believe are in a position to wait until february we'll see we'll see i don't know if they're in a position
2: to also you know just blow the doors <laughs> on financially yeah i mean certainly spend more money than we have been but i mean i think our first Decision, which would be interesting, is at some point soon, right? We got to decide whether we're going to pick up the option—the eleven million or ten million dollar option on Jordan Lyles. Um, I think it's eleven million dollars, but it's, he has a one million buyout. So, do you want to spend ten more million dollars to keep Jordan Lyles around? Is I think the first decision we have to make. So, and then yeah,
3: and then the free agency party happens. Yeah, and I the truth is, I'm kind of. I, you could convince me either way with the Jordan Lyles. I yeah. can go in either direction, and I'm happy. Yeah. I just money, I'm happy with his performance.
2: Yeah, I just can't wait to Josh to come on here every week when someone signs and he doesn't sign with the Orioles. Josh to come here and be shocked and outraged every week that a top free you agent know. signs with another team not named the Orioles. No, I
3: hope, I hope we're not having that conversation. I, I'm. I hope that I hope that in two weeks we're talking about who did sign with the Orioles. Yeah.
2: I was looking at the... And we'll get into it in future episodes because I want to talk about our bowl prediction. But I was looking at the free agents. You know, it's fine. Um, I Because looking at offensive players, it's fine. Like no, there's no one, I mean, I mean, the shortstop position is the elite position. Like, if you're going to sign a guy, I mean, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and a little step down, Dansby Swanson. I mean, those are... Those are the biggest names in free agency. So, like, if you yeah. want to make a splash, you're signing one of those four guys. Um, Agreed. And that's kind of offensively. I mean, there's Aaron Judge, of course, but outside of that, offensively, there's nice players, but there's no one that would be a huge upgrade um, in our in our lineup. Um, maybe I think Noel, Nolan Arenado has an opt out. I think he can opt out. So that maybe that that would be the exception. Um, the only other guy that would make a huge offensive kind of difference with this team, um, but it's like we're at the point now where we're, we're we're pretty good at every position, so you can't just sign a pretty good player.
3: You need to sign an elite player for it to be an upgrade. So we'll see if they do. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I saw uh, Keith Ball has been out watching the Arizona League stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and a story a little, there. Yeah, about Kirstud. Yeah, Heston Kershaw. Yeah, Yeah. he said that it was interesting. His article, a little blurb on Kersted said, several scouts told me that Baltimore Heston Kersted looked good in the first week of play. That sounds promising. But I saw more of the same rust that I saw for him during the regular season. He's behind on good velocity, has trouble picking up the off-speed stuff, even from right-handers. He says, I'm inclined to give him a pass based on... Missing 2021 with myocarditis and 2020 with the pandemic. Uh, But it's been and taken. He had 27 months off between in game at bats. I'm still rooting for him, but I'm also concerned that he had such trouble with average major league stuff every time I saw him. That's a little concerning. I'm with Keith Law there. That you're not a Heston curse that guy anymore. I am still a Heston Kurs that guy. You're, I'm you're just now saying, you're a Keith Law guy saying, now,
2: more than an Oriole prospect guy. I see you, Josh. Okay, you're I'm a just Law guy now. All right.
3: No, no, no. I'm just saying. You're gonna start
2: reading Buster Olney's articles to us too, and talking about how you agree with Buster Olney too.
3: Now, did Buster Olney write anything recently on the Orioles? No, he doesn't care with Orioles. Surprise, he hasn't written anything about the brother, the brothers yet.
2: No, I, I mean, listen, I, I watched Henson Kershap play a couple times last year. Yeah. And I walked away unimpressed. Um, last year at Aberdeen, he put up a batting average of 233. Hey, that's not great. And, I, no. and what concerned me is I never saw him hit with any power. Now, I know in, in the fall league, he has four home runs, which which sounds good. I tell you what, he played right. all last year. He played in 70. Well, I mean, they played all last year. He played in in what? 65 games last year. Had five home runs all year, won 10 games at the Arizona Fall League, already has four. So to me, I know one of those was inside the park one. All right. But the power numbers for me, it was like, like, I didn't see any power. Even the, I think I saw Hester Curse that have one hit in the few games I saw him at the minors. And that was an infield single, it was an infield little dribbler that he got the first on. Um, but again, he is, he's coming up. I think the big story with him this year was to be healthy. He's so healthy, in fact, that he's able to continue playing in the Arizona Fall League, which just the fact that he's healthy enough to play in the Arizona Fall League is encouraging. Um, he's 23 now, so he's no longer this kind of spring chicken, but um, he's not, I think, viewed as a top prospect in our system anymore. No. Right. Like it's, it's not I'm- like he, if he doesn't work out,
3: our rebuild kind mm-hmm. of takes a huge step back. It's not like that. No, I think it's – but I, and I also think part of it is that we had Adley and Gunner, and we had the top number one in all of baseball followed by the number one in all of baseball. That's a hard, uh, that's a hard thing to follow. And I think because of that, it's very easy to expect a third number one – to expect all of our guys coming up to be number ones in baseball.
2: Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, I, I kind of had the opposite view of it. And right now he's ranked ninth in our top 30 prospects. Where I'm like, we've hit on so many prospects that... Someone's got to go wrong. Well, and like, I feel like Heston Kerstad, I don't need to worry about him. He's like like house money. Like if he, after all he's been through, if he comes back and becomes a protected player, like I don't expect it, but that's kind of, that's icing on top. But even even without, you know... Heston Kerstat, we still have, you know, Colton Kowser, who had a great. Right. Um, he, he's kind of like the new Gunnar Henderson, I feel like, the Colton Couser. Um, And we have in the outfield. Yeah, I understand that. And, we you know, he's, we have eight guys who are ranked better than this former top pick. But that is, um, it's, it's one of those things where we'll never know how his career would have been different if we never lost that time. And it is kind of a swing and a miss so far in that draft for Mike Elias. Um, but certainly something to watch. I mean, no one's writing him off at this point. And um, no, I mean, no, that's to see What he
3: does next year? The whole reason he's in the fall league is because he needs more at bats. Because he needs time still, right? And if
2: his issues with timing, that's fine. Like he'll he'll get his timing right. Yeah. Um, but so far, he's putting up really good numbers in the Arizona Fall League. And unless Keith, Keith Law's there, he's watching. I guess. But the numbers on paper, I mean, he's already, like I said, he's got four home runs. He also has four doubles um, in just 10 games, so eight extra base hits in 10 games, batting 404, slugging over 1,000. I'm sorry, he's OPS over 1,000. So, yeah, he's off to a really hot start in the Arizona Fall League, and he's certainly a guy to watch next year in the Orioles system.
3: Yeah, I agree. All right, you want to revisit here some of our ball predictions? Yeah, because I mean, we we predicted that the Orioles would have an over five hundred season. We predicted a huge bounce back year for the Orioles. Um, not exactly. Um, All right. Well, let's get to the bold predictions. I know you had time this week that you were able to go through and and make well, and actually do prep for the show. Yeah. What? I, I, as I told uh, as I told Kelly before the show, I said. Now hits the time of the show where it's a little more difficult, and we have to do a little prep each week. During the well, season, we don't do prep. Well, I always do prep. You, you, you don't do
2: prep. I always do prep. Okay. I do a lot of prep. I do a yeah. lot of prep that you don't. I do a lot of prep that you don't see. Okay, well, you see my prep in the, in the show notes. Um, I do. You do. You do excellent prep. Yeah, and and you're right. I predicted the Orioles would only have 82 wins. They surpassed my expectations. No, you didn't. You
3: didn't. You didn't predict 82. Yes, did you really they, got, they got
2: 83, so I undersold them a little bit. You predicted 82? I didn't predict 82. I predicted 67 wins. 67. All right. Uh, so that's not for you. What did I predict? And Josh got on, on the microphone, and Josh is like, you know what? I'm going to be super optimistic. I don't care what the haters say. I'm going to say they're going to win 20 more games than they did the previous year. I'm going to say they win 72 games. That's pretty good. That's better than you. I win that one. Okay, five more games you had them winning. Uh still you had them 72 and 90.
3: So what? I got, I would call I, I got, would call that an accurate prediction. I when I said 72, would you call me crazy? No, I mean 67. I don't think it No, we were to kind of five game games it. off. All right. Yeah. But I'm going to um, take that win. I'm going to take that as a win that I got closer than you.
2: But but our argument and my argument still was like my argument was when I said 67 wins, well we have made no upgrades. Like we signed Jordan Lyles and Rognet O'Dor, which, you know, aren't huge upgrades. We've done nothing else with this roster. This roster, you know, lost 110 games the year before. Right. Why would they be over 500? And our only reason, the only reason we could see is well. Right. And and your and your prediction that Hall, Rodriguez, and and Rutschman would all be here by June.
3: Yeah, and, and
2: they would kind of carry the team. Um, that's true. But but it didn't happen at all. Like only no, no,
3: but I'm saying that's you're right. That's why I went with the 20 up wins and the jump in wins is yeah. because I thought we'd have those guys up here. But if I told you that DL Hall only made a
2: handful of relief appearances, and if I told you that Grayson Rodriguez didn't play any game storyals, um Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone with that prediction. You would have gone less wins. And yet that happened, and they got more wins, but no. My predictions yeah. as a whole are so horrendous. um I was so off base with this team; it's embarrassing.
3: But um, but fair, but
2: everyone was no no, no one got the
3: team right. Yours is better than mine, though. Okay, so let's go through them. Well, um, I got, I got those orange colored glasses. I'm always wearing that. Helped. Yeah.
2: So your first ball prediction was the all up by June. <coughs> Adley was up by June, but not the rest of them. Right. Obviously. Um and we and we talked about also like we did a whole thing with Adley's call up date. You said May 16th. I said May 6th. I think what was it, May 21st. I want to say was his call up date. Um so you were pretty close to that just 5 days. But we both got the right month in May for Adley's call call up day. Um I believe it was right after that 13 inning rogan R- 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 door home run game. Um May 21st. Okay, May 21st. It was his yeah. first day. Your bold prediction your next bold prediction, Josh, was spot on. You said Gunnar Henderson forces the Orioles to call him up by September. You nailed it.
3: You 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 made fun of me for that one. I said it was uh, a bold prediction. You um, said there was you told me that there was no way Gunnar would be up this season. I do I couldn't I no remember way. if I <laughs> made my prediction from before September or if I said he'd be up by July. So that's good. I'm glad I went with September. Yep, yep. You said by September. Um, my bold prediction was
2: the Orioles would go 19 and 8 in June. Um,
3: and if you, I, w- I went back oh, and looked no. at the schedule. That's yeah, they, they went, had they some went, tough losses there where they could have easily done that. Yeah, June. they went
2: 14 and 12, and there were some tough games, especially against like Josh against Seattle.
3: Yeah, I was, uh, the first um, one that came to mind was the
2: Mariners. For me, we lost two out of three to Seattle. Like, uh, and then right after that, we lost two out of three to the Twins. And all those twins games were like one run games. Remember like the Ray Lopez has
3: blue back-to-back right. saves. And know um, that's when we would cut we came on here after those games and we're like, these games sting. These are games that we had a chance to win, and these are the games that we said were gonna cost us with any type of playoff run. Yep, and it's true that that they did. I mean, if you take those Mariners and that that twin series,
2: um, where we end up losing four in a row, two to the mariners. Two to the twins. And then after that, we actually went on a 10-game winning streak, but we lost two in a four, four in a row to the twins and, and the Mariners. Um, that comes back and haunts you. And then you like you lose two out of four to Kansas City. Um, that hurt as well. There was some, and right. then of course, this is later in the season, but the Detroit series, like I was just looking at the schedule today, getting real depressed about all kind of what should be for a pretty good baseball team, winnable games. Yeah. and then like you lose two out of three to cincinnati like what kind of nonsense was that why would we lose two out of three to cincinnati we lost two out of three later in the month um to to, to boston like what is that like boston i feel like i don't know what our record against with boston
3: but boston had way too many wins against us this year i'll tell you that much way too many wins against us this year So um, i'm sure my i'm sure one of my predictions was that we would uh be in the stands ahead of boston no we all finished that they would f- finish last do we all we all went last.
2: Well, went last. Um, right. Your next bold prediction was that Trey would be traded by July fourth. Oh, okay. That so didn't he, you're a little early.
3: Yeah. Uh, but I had the right move. I knew Trey would get traded. Yeah. In yeah. comparison, my bull prediction that Trey Mancini
2: would lead the team in home runs, not be traded, and be the Orioles' MBO, mm, um, I was wrong. Big difference. Yeah, on all accounts.
3: Hey, uh, right now you want to make a bold prediction? Where does Trey Mancini play next year?
2: Mm, he has had Josh. He has really struggled for the Mariners. Yes, really struggled for the Mariners. It's been yeah. He's even, a he's, been even to watch.
3: he's he's been even worse for the Astros. What did I just say
2: for the Mariners? Oh, she's talking about the Mariners. Yeah, the Astros. He's been painful to watch for the Mariners. Yes, he's been um, very like bad. I. I'm kind of rooting for him with some postseason heroics to make people forget about how bad he's been. Yeah, with with the um. So I don't, th- I don't think he's come back to the Astros.
3: No, I, I think he's going to be relatively cheap. I think he's going to be very cheap. Um, I don't
2: know who needs what. You know, I want him to sign with the Orioles. I, I know he's he comes- had a huge offensive upgrade, and I don't want that to be like I want that to be the third guy we add on offense,
3: not the main guy we add on offense. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, I think he comes back to Baltimore. But I think he comes back to Baltimore <laughs> in like a Rugnet Odor type situation where he's a cheap veteran to add in this lineup that can, that can play first base. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that he
2: can um, maybe how they use Aguilera, uh, uh, Jesus Aguilera uh, this year yes. or. Yeah, just as a platoon guy, maybe how the Astros are using him now, um, I think. Uh, yeah, I also think for Mancini, like I think after his experience with the Astros, it might also be some part of Mancini saying, eh, may- "Maybe I'm more comfortable playing in Baltimore, um, right. even with that big old wall." <laughs> right,
3: even with the wall. Yeah. yeah, and you go from being a star in Baltimore, who's where you go to a town where nobody cares about you. Yeah, at all.
2: All the and when Mancini struggles, we know his story. You know he's got history with us. There, there's no history, right, with the Astros. So when he struggles, nope. they just see this bad baseball player. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think um, as long as he's not the main thing the Orioles do, he is a nice veteran leader, platoon player. Um, I don't think. I think like Elias has shown by his addition of Aguilar and Brett Phillips that he's cares about veteran leadership. I guess and right. Um and his insistence on keeping Odor there, so it kind of it makes sense if they care about leadership, which it seems like they do. And we that know Mancini would make sense to bring back, and we know Michael Elias really likes Trey Mancini. Yeah, and he's not blocking anybody. Um, he's blocking
3: Hazus Aguilar. Like that's okay. You can block right. him all you want. No, um, and it's again a platoon situation. Yeah, it's a rotate through. Give different guys time off. Yeah, if you're hot. Okay, you keep on starting. If you struggle, all right, you'll sit down for a few
2: days. Um, Yeah, yeah. so next, bold prediction. um, Speaking of MVO, you said that Mullins would repeat his amazing year and be the MVO again. No. He had a little bit of a setback this year.
3: A little bit of a setback. Still good. Still a good player. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, not quite. And not quite MVO fact or myth in the big game the coin toss usually comes up heads that is a myth in fact tails has come up more often in recent years football is full of myths like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin gambling is a share of myths too unfortunately believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money so learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com you'll also find helpful tips interesting quizzes and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun
3: And I also, to be fair, Adley played better than I expected. Yeah. And improved as the season went on.
2: Yeah, all the hype for Adley was real. Um, I mean, it's kind of remarkable. He was, it's not even, if you look at things like war, you know, he's far and away. Mullins was actually second in war, but according to fan graphs, after war, he was still two whole war points behind Adley Rutschman. Um, so clearly, Adley Rushman was our best player. Um, the Mullins had a, had a decent year. Um, my next bold prediction would that attendance would go up compared to next year, go up compared yeah. to last year, yeah. and that we would have three sellouts. Okay, I don't think we got the three sellouts. No, I thought the three sellouts would be Opening Day, which I believe was a sellout.
3: Adley and- Rushman
2: Day. At the Richmond Day, which was an underwhelming, enthusiastic but underwhelming crowd. Yes, and Grace Rodriguez, but we never, which we never saw. Um, right, but the attendance did go up to a one million three hundred sixty-eight thousand three hundred
3: sixty-seven, which was which, the highest since two thousand eighteen. So a step in the right. right direction, which is which is big because two thousand nineteen was the last year with full no COVID stuff. Right, in the past two years was was COVID stuff. So we're right. back to where we so were, we're pre- to- previously. Yeah. yeah, which is good that we're on the upswing there. And next uh, year is going to be even better, better because they've been pushing for two weeks now, they've been pushing these Birdland memberships. I get an email once a week asking really? me to buy Birdland memberships, and I have a Birdland membership. I haven't seen anything. Um yeah, I think they're gonna to top two million next year. That's my I'll
2: do a bold prediction right now. Over two million next year. What was 10, the number years. this year? Uh one mm, so million
3: three hundred and
2: sixty-eight thousand. So seven hundred thousand.
3: That's a big jump. That's a really big jump. I know, seven hundred thousand divided by eighty-one, and what's that? An increase of about ten thousand a game. All um, right. What did, I, in, what did they hit in? What they hit in twenty sixteen? Did they pass two million during those years? I don't know. I don't know. Do I still have my stats up? Um, That's all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't still have my stats. Two million sounds like a really big jump. But it's totally, I can totally see it being possible. But, 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 because, but, the team's oh, good. during the Buck playoff years, they were over two, two, two million. All right. That's what we're going back to. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. We can pass two million. I'm with you. Yeah.
2: Um, Your bold prediction was Tyler Wells and Mike Bauman in the rotation to start the season. I think you got Tyler Wells right. Tyler Wells got in there. Yeah, Mike Bowman. I think he I started mean, like two games maybe for the Orioles all year. Well, if you
3: remember, we did this in like February or March. Our rotation was crap. Of course, when the season ended, our rotation was crap. Yeah, I mean, it was like throwing darts at the board on who
2: would start. We had yeah. all these names, but yeah, we knew Means and we knew Lyles. Outside of that, we didn't know anybody. Yeah, Right. Um, my next bowl prediction, uh, prediction with Grayson Rodriguez would lead the team in strikeouts. Oh, well, he did. He would. For that to happen, he would need to pitch. Yeah. Um, Your bold prediction was Ryan Mountcastle will make the all-star team.
3: Yeah, he had a down year. Speaking of down years, let's push both those bold predictions to next year. You would say Ryan Mountcastle had a a down year? Yeah, Mountcastle definitely had a down year. All right. Yeah. You expect him to have a better year next year? I hope so. But I'd say next year, Adley and Gunner <laughs> and Grayson go to the All Star game. Oh, you're already putting that on the board now. Yeah. O- Jorge Lopez,
2: now. by the way, was our lone All Star representative. It
3: would be nice to yeah. have more than one, oh, one guy yeah. in the All-Star Next game. year, bold predictions next year are going to be fun when we go in with our orange color glasses after this season and we're going in knowing we're winning the World Series. Bold predictions is going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, if you look at at um,
2: well, just a quick note um, about Ryan Mountcastle. Before I forget, if you look yeah. at his numbers last year compared to this year, all right. Last year, walk rate seven percent. This year, walk rate seven point one percent. Last year, strikeout rate twenty seven percent. This year, twenty five percent. Last year, batting average two fifty five. This year, two fifty. Last year, bat on base percentage three oh nine. This year, 305. The only then why does it feel that bad? A strikeout number difference is
3: home runs. Last year, thirty-three home runs. This year, twenty-two home runs. Uh, so the flash, the flash of a home run, definitely makes you feel differently about a guy. And I wonder how much of that too is is the wall. You know, it's the, it's the Baltimore.
2: Yeah, yeah, Walt- Baltimore, and we'd have to go back and I don't know. I'm sure someone's done this and looked at how I many have. Ryan Matus home runs would not be home runs. Yeah, that's some stat stuff. We don't get into that. But and I guess also too. I mean, if you want to see Ryan Matus down year, he had almost an identical year to last year. But but I, I do feel I like he's we expecting, expecting
3: defensively. I will give him that. Yes, he improved. He defensively. is a better first baseman than I expected.
2: Yeah, and I think the. And by the way, this is again. Why I hate war because it has his defense as negative 9.5. Though to show improvement, the year before his defensive war was negative 20. Um, but I wonder if that was a little bit of outfit play too. Right. But yeah, he improved greatly offensively. Um, I mean, he grew, improved greatly de- defensively. And I think the disappointing thing about his offense is you thought he was going to make the next step.
3: Yes. And he just and
2: didn't. Difference. And so I'm curious if this is just who he is a 250 hitter who's going to hit in the 20s with home runs, or if he can improve with on-base percentage and stuff like this. Yeah, and with better a better lineup around him. Yeah, and a better lineup might help too. Um, I feel like on a good team like that, he's like a number seven hitter or something. Right. Um, which yes. I don't know if that's good enough at the first base position. So we'll see.
3: No, it's very similar to look at Trey in Houston. He's top of the lineup in Baltimore, moving to Houston, and they don't need him right up there at the top. Yeah. And hopefully we're to that point where um we're good enough that if he continues to hit like that, he's hitting at the bottom of our lineup. Yeah, he would be. He'd be well, if the if the home run power comes back, that's a different story. That moves him up in that four five slot. Otherwise, you're right, it's six, seven, eight. Right. Um other bull predictions. Let's see.
2: I was a oh man, so wrong with this one. Tyler, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. Tyler Wells Tyler be? Wells prediction no Tyler Nevin was even doing Dude. a Tyler Nevin Dude. prediction <laughs> who cares about Tyler Nevin I don't know I don't care about Tyler Nevin why did I say he's going to have over 20 home runs this year I don't know what <laughs> I was were, thinking you were really excited about some Tyler Nevins I barely know Tyler Nevin's name I, why why would I predict he had 20 home runs for the Orioles this year I don't know if he even did he even play in 20 Orioles games this year only didn't start twenty Orioles games this year. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a terrible prediction. That's funny. Um, that's a swing and a miss for me. Going um, back to your predictions, and by the way, he he ended the year with uh, two home runs for the Orioles. So there's that. Um, your your prediction, and this was. I wouldn't call this a bold prediction, by the way. Looking, listening back on the podcast, this was a prediction, not a bold prediction. But you said Jorge Mateo
3: would become an everyday player. I said that. That's a great prediction. I meant, but you're, I see what you're saying. I meant like he would be a legit a guy that instead of just being a placeholder, that we would see him as a legit guy. And I believe that happened. I know you're gonna say, well, he's always been a everyday player, but I, I stand by that prediction. I'm happy with that prediction. I um I think that's one of the exciting parts of this season is the improvement of Jorge Mateo. You think Jorge Mateo it, is in the open day lineup next year? That's where it gets tough. That's a tough position. Does he deserve to be? Yes. Is because there, there you other said he becomes an everyday player.
2: player? I would assume that's going forward. Yes, but, you're, but you think he, that in you Baltimore? think he plays for the Orioles in more than hundred games next year?
3: I think he is in the major leagues for more than a hundred games next year. What do you think the Orioles might trade him? I think he could be a trade candidate. I think he could be a trade candidate because they have other position players available that are coming up. Hmm. But I All think, right. yeah. But, yeah, outside of a trade, yeah, he'll be in the lineup on opening day and 100 games. All right.
2: Um, and this last one for me makes me sound like an idiot again. I don't know what I was thinking. I said Ramon Urias becomes a top five shortstop in the majors. Um, I was really high on Ramon Urias. Dude's not even a shortstop.
3: <laughs> um but yeah. he had a decent year. He had a fine year. You should have just followed me with Mateo. You could have said that about Mateo. And I would have been like, might have even given that to you this year.
2: Yeah, we would have made an argument um, about Jorge Mateo being, you know, defensively and offensively a top top guy. Um, yeah. but, you, but, you know, Ramon Urias did have, he had a good year. He was fourth on the team in, in F-War. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, uh, Ben McDonald lo- lo- loved to make comments about him being a, a guy with sneaky, sneaky pop. Um, yep. I mean, he he did end the year right with 16 home runs, which is by far kind of a career high um, for him in the majors. So all those things were were good to see. On base, two forty eight, which is not great, but I'm sorry, batting average two forty eight, which is not great, but he did have some pop and was um, really good defensively and can play kind of multiple defensive positions. Can be that second base third base shortstop if you need him in a pinch um so yeah i thought ramon yaris had a nice year the top five shortstop is silly but he had a nice year all right that's it for the bull predictions all right well i'd say clearly i won the bull predictions this year yeah like i give me some props for june we did have a winning record in june which no one would have thought um and i called that and then we our attendance did approve improve, but not yeah. the sellouts. Everything else was a huge swing and miss for me. Um, you did get that trade would be traded. Just got the day wrong. You got Gunner call up in September, which was a good one for you. And Mateo being an everyday player, I'll give you that one too. So yeah, you got three. I'll give you that. Your bull prediction of this year than mine. I'll take it. But we talked. I was listening back to the podcast too, and we talked about how. It, last year and it was, it was kind of an impossible year to predict. Like you had no idea because there was just so many unknowns. We didn't even know what the starting rotation would look like. Um, we didn't even know who was starting at shortstop. There, there was just a, a litany of, of unknowns with that team. And next year, it feels like a completely different story. Next year, I feel like, I mean, at this point, I feel like I can pencil in a rotation and 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 uh, everyday lineup and i feel like with each addition there's some obvious spots for these additions to go um now we'll yeah. see what happens with the trade deadline and stuff but i feel like no matter what we're gonna have a very clear definitive idea of who's going to be playing shortstop every day who's going to be in the start rotation every day yeah carlos Correa or turner they can compete for starting shortstop and the other guy can move to and, second or whatever have Little, really little
3: rock paper scissors every morning yeah, Who gets shortstop, who gets second base?
2: Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see also, no one's really talking about it, but what Elias does with the trades, um, I know he was trying at the trade deadline to move a piece that he was trying to move, um, I think for a major league piece, he said. right. And so I think there's a possibility. There's out just, there he wants. Yeah, if you just look at the free agents available, uh, may, maybe they, they don't excite you. You don't mm-hmm. want to spend all that money. You want more years of team control. Right. You have a great farm hey. system. It makes sense to trade for peace as well.
3: Yeah. Just because Otani signed a big extension <laughs> doesn't mean he's not on a trade ship. Otani no, didn't sign an extension. Yeah. Didn't he sign like a seven year deal? No.
2: He signed his arbitration deal to avoid uh, was, I was. I thought he did an extension. Unless that's breaking news and I completely missed it. No.
3: No. I thought he did it like a while ago. I would he him, didn't sign um, see a tiny contract yeah you um
2: so i think he got like a 30 million dollar
3: um yeah a one-year 30 million dollar to yeah. avoid arbitration yeah that was just an avoid so that was just a one-year deal yes
2: and so after that yeah. after this year he's going to be a
3: free agent which means i don't know is it really worth the angels are not in a place that's a weird move for the Angels because they're not really in a place to spend $30 million on one guy that's not going to bring them the World Series. Right. I mean, this is a similar conversations.
2: I think the ownership might be a little bit in flux too. This is a similar right. conversation to what the Nationals were having with Juan Soto, right? Like we love Juan Soto. He's young. We can build around him. Right. But we stink.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So what do we do? And he really probably doesn't want to play with us anyway because we stink. Um. So what do we do? And they ended up tr- obviously trading Juan Soto right. for a buttload of prospects. Which so, means-
3: yeah, Otani it's might be a trade similar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, which so, again, like we said, we've said before, would fix two of our needs. It would. A and a big pitching. And all that for $30 million? That's a steal. It's an absolute steal. So, give but, up whoever you want to in the minors.
2: Absolutely, but Mike Elias, you know Mike Elias, he didn't go, he didn't make all these moves including trading Jorge Lopez and Team last year to go all in for 2023. Like his whole thing is in a long term, yeah, a long term window. So no. unless there's an assurance that there is a contract extension, I don't, I don't see a world where you know Elias right.
3: trades for a one year return. No, 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 no. It's a hey, we will trade and bring you to Baltimore as long as you sign this ten year deal. Right, right, or I think even five year
2: deal. But yeah, there's an an extension in there.
3: Sure, um, Josh. But I you- think that would be anywhere that they trade Otani. Right. For a $30 million player, there's very few teams that are willing to give that up for one year or part of a year. Right. I mean, or
2: the deal, the return will be significantly less. I mean, that's what the Dodgers did right. with Manny Machado, right? The return was less. Yeah. Um, though maybe not if Dean Kramer turned to a star. Suckers. Um, we'll see about that. But the other thing that's going to be interesting to watch, Josh, this offseason is... Is there any pursuit or attempt to the Orioles to move to extend
3: extend yes Rutland and or Gunner? Because I am I am all in the camp of (coughs)
2: extend them both now. And I think Elias is in that camp too. The question is because it just makes fiscal fiscal sense. Yeah. And you see small to mid market teams do this all the time. I mean, the Braves are the best at this. They have half their roster signed up in 2029. Right, and the Angels
3: kind of started this years ago with Mike Trout.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we see it done all the time now with Wander Franco with the Rays, Julio Rodriguez with the right, more recently with the Mariners. Um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, Adley Rutschman is an interesting example because he plays at catcher, and usually, you know, you, you sign these 10-, 12 year extensions. And is Adley Rutschman going to be catching for 12 years? Right. And if not, how valuable is Adley Rutschman as a first baseman or DH, unlike these other positions like Gunner at shortstop and even being younger, like Gunner, what is like three years younger than Adley M place, yeah. a shortstop a position that's less taxing. So like a 12-year deal almost makes more sense for Gunner, who I think, by the way, is represented by Scott Boris which is not a good sign for a contract extension. But anyway, it's just something to watch this offseason. Can they extend either of those guys?
3: That's something to watch for. I mean, Gunnar Henderson agent? You think it's Scott Boris? One of them is Scott Boris. I'm pretty sure
2: it's um, Gunnar Henderson. But I'm just basing that on
3: my feeble memory. Uh Um, Hey, you know who... um... You know who got sent down when Gunner came up? I don't remember. Tyler Nevin's. <laughs> the oh, full they, circle on your predictions. They, yeah. <laughs>
2: See, if your prediction didn't come true, maybe Tyler Nevin would have gotten 20 home runs if he wasn't sent down for for Gunner. So your prediction stopped my prediction from happening. Thanks a lot. No, but I'm, I mean, I mean, can you imagine a full year of of Gunner and Adley in the middle of this lineup? It's just it's something to to be excited about. Um, but i and understand
3: is with scott boris.
2: yeah i thought so. and i don't know I, I think if you go back and look at all these extensions that players are signing at young at young ages i i, I would almost bet money that zero of them are represented by scott boris. like scott boris is the king. yeah of hold, out, guys hold out hold, hold free out. agency. yeah. yeah and even you know as long as he possibly can. Right. Um, as we've experienced as oral fans. so I said, that's going to be something interesting to watch. Can they get a deal done? But again, ultimately, it's not Scott Boris's decision; it's Gunnar Henderson's decision. Yep. Um, and what Michael Elias has done to Michael Elias everlasting credit, is he's made Baltimore a place to be. Right? Like it's not yeah. like before, maybe a couple of years ago, the idea of signing a twelve-year extension with Orioles would be, you know, you're 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 in purgatory. You're, you're right. This is not something a player, a young player, would want to do. Now this seems to be like the place to be. People want to be drafted for the Orioles. People are signing with the Orioles like this is everyone knows this is an
3: up and coming team that's going to be good for a no, long like, time. And so going all of a
2: sudden, into this is more appealing
3: now. Yeah. This is the first time going into the offseason that we do not have to overpay for a free agency because we're Baltimore. Yeah,
2: and we don't even have to overpay for pitchers because we No, because we moved them, the Yeah, we moved the wall back. <laughs> we're now a pitcher friendly park um you still and maybe hopefully you don't have to pitch against aaron judge if we
3: trade him no either way you play him less than you used to yep either go, way you know yeah. we get this balanced schedule or unbalanced schedule whatever they call it next year where we get to play every team in the majors it's a it's going to be a little different and it definitely works in favor of the, <laughs> the orioles yeah because AL East is
2: dominant and they'll be dominant next year again um I have yep. no reason to think that the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Rays won't be active in free agency and the Yankees making moves.
3: Right. Um well, yeah, we've so seen yeah. the Red Sox go last the first far too many times. Yeah, they do this like every other game. Yep. Um they're
2: they they spend money. Uh so yeah, it's gonna be Josh. I, I tasked you a couple weeks ago, our last show, yeah, of naming your top free agents. We don't have to do it this episode. We can do it next week if you want. Let's do it I next know. week. Okay, I know I have three guys, where I'm I mean, like, it's, you, and I'm not, and I'm not just going with the top guy in the market. I'm saying here are three guys, we could re, re, re uh, realistically get all three of these guys, right? And I think you just take these three guys and let's roll with them okay. next year. And they not Turner, all the
3: Charles Correa. Jake no, Turrell.
2: it's not. It's not like that. Um, it's not like that. I have a couple guys a little bit down, a little bit down the list who I okay. think we could get. All right, so you want a
3: a realistic list. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Correa is on my list. I'll be honest. Carlos Correa is on my list too, I guess. And unfortunately, Scherzer signed a long-term thing with the Mets, so Scherzer is not on my list as much as I want him to be. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know, but after he pitched the way he pitched in the playoffs, is he still on your list? Um, Yeah, he's still on my list. I still love the guy. He's still my favorite pitcher in baseball. Yeah, Uh, I'm a fan of his too. But no, let's let's get into it next week, our kind of okay. top free agent once. Yeah. Um, maybe we can have a dream scenario and a more realistic scenario. Um okay. and, and we'll see how high our expectations really are. Cause I think just we haven't talked specific names, but just hearing you talk about it, Josh, I'm nervous for you. And that I think your expectations for this offseason are too high. Mine are high too. I think yours might be a little bit too high. I just expect- make me a little
3: nervous. I expect one of the top 10 players, top 10 free agents to be in Baltimore next year. Okay, that's fine. How many of the top 25 free agents? Oh, I'm only expecting one. i do only count. Okay, one. okay, okay. Yeah, no. I joke when I say, uh, give me Carlos Correa and Trey Turner. Right. No. No, but, but you want a top free agent hitter and a top free agent pitcher, don't you? I do, I do, and you're right, And but a top 25, I'm expecting one one top 10, and then give me someone else. Like, you're not going to get Syndergaard and, uh, Syndergaard and DeGrom, so give me one of them. All right,
2: well, Syndergaard would be a lot cheaper than DeGrom, so maybe uh, you can do a Syndergaard deal and a Correa deal or something, but we'll, we can get into it next week.
3: All right. Anything else for the good of the cause, Josh, before we get out of here? I think we're all good. I mean, this is, this is the fun part of the season. It's where we need uh, 3 three 36ers to buckle down, start spreading the word, sharing the show, get people hyped for next season. Because, hey, you guys watching those Ravens games? They're constantly disappointed at the end of the game. So yeah, I'm, still, I'm still high season. on my Ravens. I know they've been disappointed. I'm still high, before. too. It's amazing how bad the second halves of these games are.
2: I know, but I think some of it's fixable and it will get fixed.
3: By um, by Deshaun Jackson.
2: By Deshaun Jackson. And more importantly, by Bateman. Um, yeah, who? Tweeting more who, stuff. Um, I think that will help. LOL. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, boys and girls. Follow us on all your social media platforms. Like Josh said, share the word. Write us a review on iTunes.
3: Share the word. Yeah.
2: Sounds like a church thing Share the word Yeah, get it out there, spread the word Sp- The, the right. community needs to hear about it Spread the word yeah. all across your community
3: There's a guy uh, There's a guy in my neighborhood Who has this little six foot ladder And he, he dresses up in his like Mormon outfit, like the black pants White shirt, black tie And he goes and stands On his six foot ladder on the corner with a, with a bullhorn And yells about how everybody needs Jesus yeah. And how the world is coming to an end. And COVID's just the start of all of this. And you need Jesus. The only answer is Jesus. We need some people to go do that about Section 336. I compete
2: with bullhorns cool talk about Section 336's best podcast.
3: Yeah. But preferably up in Baltimore, not down here in Florida.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. More um, bang for your buck there in Baltimore. All right. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, oh, and next week, maybe too, this off season, we can get into our book talks again, too, because I got some. I've been reading, kind of like a crazy person,
3: right? Lately, I got some books. I bought, I bought a Kindle, which okay. means I'm reading. All right, and nice. not just yeah. listening. So, yeah, we can definitely bring book talk back this off season.
2: Yeah, that COVID nineteen and the world made me think of a book I just read. Um, okay. But yeah, you can and follow then, us. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, Birdland Sports. All the T-shirts are on sale till the end of the World Series. Which oh, nice. is really? Till the end of the Monster Time. Huh? They're on sale cheap. Yeah. So, if so you haven't gotten your,
2: your, next year. Your Gunner T shirt. Go ahead and get your Gunner T shirt now. Um he'll, he's gonna be there next year. Get get the Gunner yeah. T shirt before he signs his 12 year extension.
3: Yeah, so uh, no, all of the shirts are valid for next year. Except maybe the why not twenty twenty twos. Those you might I want to grab.
2: It. Your odor.
3: He's riding a bull he's riding a bull. Doesn't
2: matter what year that is, it's classic. Yeah, fair enough. He'll um, always be remembered for this year and his heroics and stupidity this year, all wrapped in one. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at section three three six. Follow Josh on Twitter
3: at Josh Taroka.
2: Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go
3: Ravens.